Good morning. Oh, I hope you're awake and alive and well. I know that you're alive if you're listening to this. I mean, are you actually alive? Like, living in the newness of life that Christ died for us to be able to have when he picked it up from the grave and he called us to follow after him in that newness of life. Are you alive this morning? A couple of things today. Number one is that uh, that once a year atonement. And then the second half of it is we are not far away from some of the things that God comes down pretty hard on the Israelites for having be a part of uh, their everyday life and culture. We'll get into it in, in uh, Leviticus 18. But I want to start this morning in Leviticus chapter 16. After, you know, the the two priests went in, they offered uh, unholy fire and they themselves caught fire and lost their life. And so they had to replace the priests. And as they're replacing the priests, um, God sets this uh, boundary, I should say, that it's only once a year that the priest would actually go into the holy of holies, uh, make atonement and put the linen cloths on the holy garments, and then they will make atonement for the holy sanctuary. And he will make atonement for the tabernacle of meeting and for the altar, and he shall make atonement for the priests and for all the people of the assembly. This shall be an everlasting statute for you to make atonement for the children of Israel for all of their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. And then a little bit before that in verse 31, I just highlighted this while I was reading it. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you and you shall afflict your souls. It is a statute forever. And the priest who was anointed and consecrated to minister as priest in his father's place shall make atonement. So um, just to kick us off here, I know that we're into February, but I sort of like to wait a little bit before getting into the first of the year. Now, I know that's a little bit unconventional and I don't I don't mean to, you know, be silly about it, but um you know, we're so listen, we're we're 35 days into this, right? I started on January 1st and for the most part, most of January, we had 25 to 30 people listening on a consistent basis. I can see how many people are, you know, following along and actually paying attention or not not paying attention, but are actually listening to the episodes. And this morning we were down to about 10 or 11. Now, that doesn't mean that all those people are not going to pick it back up again. And it's okay to go on at your own pace. And I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just making a point here that for myself too, when I start something in the beginning of January, I feel like by really beginning to reflect come February that I give myself a little bit more time to settle in, to start some things, and then I look back on my life and I look back on the past year. I hope we all I hope you all do that. I, I hope you I hope you see great benefit in doing that. I think that there's a reason for 
why God places this once a year Sabbath of solemn rest on the people. You know, he talks about afflicting their souls. What what that really entails is this looking back on what what went wrong the past year. I mean, they're making atonement for their sin. We've been talking a lot about sin, and I know they're not it's not the funnest thing to talk about in episodes like this, right? You want, hey, Pastor Dave, tell me how amazing the day is and how wonderful things are gonna be, but you know, that's not always the word. There are often times that the Lord probably more so calls us to look back on some bad things, to to correct some bad things, and, and it's not always the easiest. In fact, it's one of the hardest things in our culture today. You know, there is an abundance of amazing, joyful, you know, get you up out of your seat and make you feel real good for the moment kind of stuff. But the reality is that that's only for the moment. And if you spend your whole life looking for things that make you happy along the way, there will be not much growth or fruit. I can promise you that. And so I wanted to lead in this morning because it's something that I'm doing. It's something that I want to encourage if, you know, if you have some people that you are doing this with and maybe they've kind of been slacking a little bit, maybe maybe you can encourage them along the way and say, hey, listen, we got to keep going. We, we got to do this. This was, this was something we set out to do. It's the word of God. We believe that it's true. We, we want it. You started because you wanted it. There was something unique about it. And so hang on. Let's just keep being consistent. Let's, let's catch up on some things. Let's, let's, uh, let's pull through here and reprioritize because what happens is in the beginning of the year, at least for me, um, you know, and, and I think every, Everybody has to do this at some point, right? I mean, we we live in a day where this is commonplace. It's like the first of the year, you're going to make your resolutions. What's it look like? I, as a pastor in the church, I, I like to set the stage for the coming year. And I often wait until now or the beginning of March even sometimes to really set the stage for the following year because I feel like there's so much hype around that, you know, December coming off of Christmas into January and then real life hits and we very quickly forget about what those things were. I feel like, you know, the Christmas season, the cold, um, the beginning of the year, there are these natural things that force a reset on us. And then most of the time, at least for myself, I fall back into the same patterns and the ha- and habits. And so it's good for me to look back on a couple of weeks of falling back into the same patterns and habits and going, whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't how I wanted to start the year. This isn't what I want for the year. So I, I just love that God did this for his people on a consistent basis. I love the Sabbath thing. We're going to talk about that later. I'm not going to spend so much time on it now. It's going to come up all over the place. Of solemn rest for you, and you shall afflict your souls it's a statue forever. Every year you will do this. And so every year as this atonement was being made for Israel and all of their sins once a year, as he did, the Lord commanded Moses. Now it is true that once one atonement has been fulfilled completely in the one atonement of Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, there is no need for Jesus to once a year be re-crucified and become the scapegoat and all of these, you know, other things that this is really ultimately representing. But 
Um, I think I think there are many things that we can glean for the year ahead. Now that being said, I also wanted to move forward a little bit into chapter 18 because as we're looking at what the following year is, you know, planned out to be or what we desire for it to be, uh, there are some things that we have to realize that we are contending with. We have to remember, number one, that the Lord is the one that ultimately should be laying before us our wants, desires, hopes, and dreams, right? Ultimately, um, the things that we decide that we want out of the abundance of our heart for the most part because of our imperfection, because of the sin that we still wrestle with, we have a responsibility to lay those things before the Lord. But in that in that same doing, in that same laying down and saying, Lord, what is it that you want from my year? What are the things that are important to you that I I forsook last year? How do I make these changes? I want to do this as we're looking forward into them. There's also another contender, and it is the things of the land. And a lot of times I don't know that we always think about other inhabitants in our life. I don't know if this is making sense, but chapter 18, the Lord speaks to Moses, says the children of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord, your God, according to the doings of the land of Egypt, where you dwelt, you shall not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan, where I'm bringing you, you shall not do, nor shall you walk in their ordinances. There is a reset of complete entirety here. There is, there's no uh, walking into a new culture, walking into a new, you know, land, walking into a new government rule or government system. There's no walking out of an old and bringing the old into the new. God is literally saying, don't take this stuff with you. Don't bring it with you and don't take it once you're there. There is a holy separation. And then this chapter 18 specifically speaks about, I don't know where you guys listen to this thing. So um, if, if you've read, you know what I'm talking about. Chapter 18 is about a specific aspect of life and the things in this chapter, you know, I hope abhor most that are listening. Uh, But I will tell you as a pastor, many of the things that are in here are not uncommon to me in that I have not seen or heard about it directly from people who have been caught up in or lost themselves in the confusion of the relationship the way that it's supposed to be. And you want to talk about protection and sanctity of relation. Sanctity of life, really. I mean, there's there's a massive aspect in this where there is protection, there's honor, there's respect. Remember Adam and Eve, after their sin in the garden, the first thing they did was they covered themselves. They covered their nakedness because they now knew the difference between good and evil from eating from the tree. 
And so what is happening here is we just dealt with a couple of long episodes and mornings of reading a whole bunch of laws of atoning for, of dealing with specific sins. And now God is mentioning those sins that should not be, and in large parties connecting it with a land that they came from and a land that they're going into. So we can't be naive looking back out of the year that we came out of and into the new one thinking, oh, if I just leave that stuff behind, I'm good. No, we have to go into the new year going, what is this new year promising me? What are the things of this new year promising me? What are the what are the people around me promising me of this year? And we have to go, is that what the Lord wants for me? He says, I am the Lord your God, and according to the things of the land of Egypt where you dwelt, you should not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan where I'm bringing you, you should not do. You shall nor shall you walk in their ordinances. And let me tell you something, the, the ordinances of the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan, we're starting to see a little bit of what those ordinances are, but they were bad. And I am always shocked. You know, we are in a day and a time and a culture where the fact of the matter is that these things for the most part in our daily lives are covered. But if you start talking to some people that don't know Jesus, you start talking to some people that are caught up in some of the wrong things. This stuff is very common. Fathers with daughter-in-laws. Nephews with aunts. And this is just one area of our life. It's that that physical relationship area of our life. And the Lord's very clear. Do not defile yourselves with any of these things, for by all of these the nations are defiled, which I am casting out before you, for the land is defiled. Therefore I visit the punishment of its iniquity upon it, and the land vomits out its inhabitants. So here's what I want you to do. If you have been reading this morning and you were reading maybe yesterday, and it kind of makes your your face squirm and you go, Oh, I, I can't believe that is even something that they dealt with. And you're hearing me saying this is still a part of our land today in America. And, and you just, you're kind of like in disbelief or maybe, you know, but you don't want to deal with it. I would highly encourage you if this, if these things are, you know, on the outset, these are some, there's some vile things. The Lord says it defiles them to the point where the land actually spits them out, right? The land that God created, because God's the creator of creation, the creation got tired of the defilement and we don't know what it, what it means, right? I don't know if it just simply means that the Lord kicked them out by bringing in new inhabitants because the Lord's the one that raises up and puts down kings, or it literally means that the the land itself didn't want to sustain them anymore, that it affected, you know, their food production and it affected the water. And I I mean, you know, there's a, there's a big part of, and I don't know where you all stand with, you know, um, with the climate issues and controls and all this kind of stuff. And I still wrestle with a lot of it. 
um, you know, whether or not, you know, how much of an impact are we making on the earth? And here's what I can tell you is as much as I want to stand up and say, there's no such thing as, you know, climate change, um, the biblical declaration is that the earth is groaning because of the sins of men. You know, it's, it's, I always relate it back to just from what I know. I mean, I, my grandmother, I used to catch her when I was little smoking cigarettes and it was right then and there where my mom hated smoking. My, my dad smoked a little bit and, you know, he was always sneaking off to smoke because everybody else hated it. And then I remember catching my grandmother smoking cigarettes. And so as I got older, I realized like there was this whole generation that, oh, smoking doesn't have any effects of you. Smoking doesn't have any effects on you. Smoking doesn't have any effects on you. And then all of a sudden, all the science comes out. And then when my, my grandmother dies, she dies because the, she had cancer literally in every part of her body. Now, whether that was of the smoking, I'm, I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I'm just saying the Bible's pretty clear in many different occasions that it is sin that is causing the earth that God created to groan while it awaits its redemption. So God's creation has been affected by sin in this way. And so whether it's climate control, whether it's, you know, the, the ice caps in Antarctica melting, or it's way back here in the beginning of Leviticus or the middle of Leviticus, where because of the defilement of relational sin, God's literally saying to the people, the land just spit them out like vomit. It vomited them out. It was just too much for it to handle. So there are many ways we can't deny that the Bible is really clear that the sin of man has caused the land a great deal of trauma and it's awaiting its redemption as well. Just like we still battle the flesh, that we're waiting for that day of redemption. So if these are things that you don't wrestle with and you're kind of piecing through and you're going, ah, oh, Pastor Dave, what am I supposed to chew on today? Like, what am I supposed to think about? Maybe it's not about you today. Maybe it's about some brothers and sisters around you. You know, the new stat is that nine out of 10 men deal with one of the things that I always talk about because I can't ignore it anymore. And now, for some, that's not going to shock you. Did you know that seven out of 10 women deal with the same thing today? So it used to be, oh, this is a man problem. It's an addiction problem. It's a twisting of relation problem. And God is dealing with this from the beginning. He says, this is an abomination to me. This is evil. This is wickedness. It, this is not godly. And maybe I can settle you into, it is a blessing that God lays these things out for us or else the heart of man would just continue to run rampant that, that there is clarity here that, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of our culture, and I'm not saying that it's right or that it's wrong to, to place periods of time of greater importance on specific topics, right? I think there's a time and a place for that. But 
um, in the same breath there, you know, you're talking about a woman and a woman. I'm not going to say any more there, but it, you know, there are what, 22 verses before then that pretty strictly lay out other wrong relations. It's a perversion, the text says. So do not defile yourselves with any of these things, for by all of these things the nations are defiled. And I'm just going to end with this, church, whether or not you want to admit it, the, the church has been defiled by some of these very same things. And so if you're not one that has been defiled by it, I would encourage you today, maybe you can be a priest in a sense. Now, the the Bible does say that we are a holy priesthood. So in many ways, if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit dwells within you, that you are a set apart, you're a saint, you are a priest in many ways that, that the priests were able to come boldly into the throne room of grace, right? So maybe today for you is a time that you might be able to inflict your heart, your souls for the sake of others around you. And you don't even have to know who they are. Just know that there are people in our church and in churches close to us in New Jersey that have been defiled by some of the very same things. And that defilement, listen, listen to me. Listen very closely. I'm not even saying that the defilement has happened recently. There are many in deep counseling because of some of these defilements that happened 30 years ago in people's lives. Now, I know it's another hard day, but these are serious things. I mean, God is building his case. He's saying, this is unholy. This is not what I have for you. I, I have a life of abundance and freedom and and walking and tilling in the garden. I mean, I mean, it, it even has affected down to the way that we work, right? I mean, work is hard. Work is not fun. We have this thing in our culture where some of us are, have found places, you know, the Lord's redeemed some of that. And we, you know, you run into people that go, I love my job. I love what I'm doing. And that's an amazing blessing. But for the most part, the Bible's pretty clear that anything we do, we're doing by the sweat of our brow right now. And while we're doing it, we're contending with thorns and thistles that grow up among every bit of work that we do. Whereas before that, it was not the clear picture and a part of what's happening in our redemption is God is bringing us back to Eden. Now, it's an Eden that's way better because it's eternity and it's separated from you know who's going to be, you know, not able to be a part of any of, there, of any of it there. So if these things are hard for you and they don't affect you, praise God. And I am blessed by that to know that there is a place of holiness or cleanness in your life, but there are not a myriad of others that are in the same boat. I can promise you there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of 
you know, I mean, sin is a snowball effect, right? So if it's not you in this area, be praying for somebody that it might be. And in that once a year, I'd encourage you to look, you know, for the year ahead. You've gotten an amazing start. We are at day 35. You've built the habit. You've built the habit. We got to take it to the end now. You know, for our church, 2021 is going to be a year of sowing seeds for our leadership, for our elders. And I'm hoping and I'm calling forth the church that 2021 would be the year of some tilled up ground in the hearts of people that they might be able to receive the word with gladness, allow the seed to develop a deep root system, and then they would find an amazing harvest produced that would come up and out and wouldn't be scorched by the sun, but instead the sun would cause the growth. (laughs) So there's two parts there. Maybe you take one, maybe you take the other, maybe you take both. Walking with God is always, you know, two or threefold. We have, we have different areas of our life, different areas of relationship. It's our relationship with God. It's our relationship with others. It's our relationship with ourselves. And it's even our relationship with the land we dwell in. How are we taking care of those areas of stewardship and responsibility in a way that you might be able to care for your neighbor is by praying for them and interceding on their behalf today. Maybe your meditations become your heart being poured out for those that have been defiled and are defiled and are living a life that on the inside feels as if they've been vomited out. And in doing so, I can tell you there is great joy in serving and loving and praying for. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's not it's not hard, but it's not as much of a solemn, you know, soul-binding, soul-crushing declaration for the day. You might find that as you draw near to the Lord on behalf of another, that the Lord fills you and meets you in a unique way that maybe you're not used to used to meeting with God over. Maybe there's a lot of your life that's caught up in the in the you and him and and you might find yourself extremely blessed by turning the attention outward and a loving on someone you know near you today instead a little bit later hey another long one i know i missed you yesterday i'm taking breaks every once in a while i have to change the end of the episode things but i wanted to leave you with those things it's the beginning of a year at least for me right i know it's february you're saying i'm already into the year maybe that's good for you Let's take a look. Let's let's walk with Jesus. These sacrifices are here and uh you know there's there's plenty for us to meditate on. There's plenty for us to be thinking about. And if none of this strikes you, go to Psalm 35. There was a lot in there too. Remember ultimately uh the word of God is taken and used by the spirit of God and discerned in your heart, and then you are the one that walks with God. So yes, grab some fruit of mine. Grab the fruit of some of the things that I'm thinking about, but ultimately the Word of God is able to have the same effect in everyone's life. There's no division between, you know, intellect or 
uh, or study or length of walking. The reality is that all of these things are available and able for us individually. And then that individual becomes a corporate thing together when we gather and it is amazing. So let the word dwell richly among you and meet Jesus there. I love you. Lord willing, we'll see you or, or I'll hear from you tomorrow. Remember, you can share these things. I don't know if you're listening on your Apple podcasts or, um, you know, whatever, whatever, wherever, whatever platform you're listening to. It looks like most of you are listening on Apple. Some of you on Spotify, but there are always share links. And so if this is a blessing to you, share it with some friends, you know, join, join with some other people and say, Hey, listen, I've been doing this. Will you join me? Cause I'm, I'm getting to day 35 and I don't want to do this anymore. And I could use some accountability. I could use someone that's going to do it with me and we could get through the word together. There's a little share button. You can just share it to them and, and maybe your talks or your conversations don't even become listening to this side of it on me. Um, but it's another, I got to go. My time is up. Um, Lord willing, we will see you tomorrow. Bless you.